All right, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We just finished wrapping up the AFC, and we're on to the NFC. And uh, normally I'd be very excited picking up the newspaper, seeing my New York football giants on top of the division. But unfortunately, that injury to Daniel Jones, I'm not sure what that's going to mean for them as we kind of wind through the next couple of weeks. Very disappointing to lose Jones at this point in the season. Yeah, it is. It is difficult, and uh, that that is definitely a shame. I'm not sure how much time he's going to miss with that hamstring. It's a little different for a quarterback than a running back, but he, you know, he's probably going to miss a week or two. But the good news is, I'm not sure anyone's running away in that division where the Giants aren't going to have a chance. And uh, the last week of the season, uh, I think we'll both, you know, all four teams play each other in some formulation. Uh, that's what that division is going to come down to. If you look at these teams, I mean, the Eagles play at Green Bay, the Giants play at Seattle, the Washington football team um, is at Pittsburgh in Dallas against the Ravens. Four games and four fairly large underdogs in every one of those games. I know a few weeks ago, Wiz, you were predicting big success for the uh, NFC East football teams. Is it possible that we could see an 0-4 week from this division this week? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, it's probably more likely, it's more likely that all four teams will lose than two of those teams will win. I mean, you know, you're just looking, um, you're just looking at some of these point spreads and wow, I mean, the Seahawks are uh, 11, the Giants are, uh, the Packers are 9 over the Eagles, uh, the Steelers are 7 over the Washington football team. So, yeah, it'll be difficult. I wouldn't be surprised if all four uh, got a, a loss hung on them in the uh, in the NFC East, but the Giants are playing hard. Um, they kind of didn't play well. I mean, I know the injury. Danny Jones probably had something to do with it, but they 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 weren't really sharp, as I would say, against the Bengals team that was playing with like uh, basically a college football quarterback, uh, Brandon Allen. So um, they're going to have to play a lot sharper, but. Uh, Nothing in that division uh, is really too scary, uh, you know, where the Giants should worry about it, where they're not going to be in it the last couple of weeks. So uh, they kind of need to get Daniel Jones back, and I think they'll be okay. Yeah, so, you know, one guy that's actually really been a consistent force in this offense for the last four or five weeks has been Wayne Gallman. Do you think without Colt McCoy it becomes a riskier um, setup to start a guy like Gallman who's been basically, you know, toting – you know, 60 to 70% of the carries for the Giants. But again, they, they know Daniel Jones. Is, is this how big of an impact do you find this on a guy like Gallman? Yeah. I, yeah. He does a downgrade, certainly. Um, you know, just Daniel Jones is a better thrower. He's a better runner. You know, he can threaten more things on the field himself. And once you kind of take that away, I don't know if teams are going to be so much concerned with Dan- with Colt McCoy beating them down the field. So I think you're going to see a crowded box. And, uh, you know, I, look, he's going to get a lot of volume, but he's, you know, going to take a little bit of a hit in terms of uh, fantasy value until Daniel Jones returns. And one guy who uh, had things uh, perking up a bit on Thanksgiving Day uh, seems like a long time ago now, but that was Antonio Gibson, who had a monster effort with three touchdowns, took him to 11 touchdowns in the year. He's continued to evolve as a football player. I think, you know, uh, people should be very confident in, in, in a guy like Gibson and, you know, 
I think uh, Alex Smith is doing enough to win games. We know how good McLaurin is. You got Logan Thomas pitching in, uh, but the Washington football team looks like a, you know a solid a solid team on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to have a tough game, as you mentioned, Monday afternoon against the Steelers. But you know, I just think this team has confidence, and I think they they really are playing hard as well. I think Ron Rivera has this team very confident in what they're doing at the moment. So I think if you're going to be if there's any scenario where you feel like you know these are players that are going to be useful for t- to you as as we kind of finish out the season here, the Washington Football Team, the, the two offensive players and McLaurin and and Gibson really feel like a steady week in and week out performers uh, as far as fantasy goes. Yeah, there's no question about it. McLaurin is silky, silky smooth uh, as as a wide receiver. He's he's just a terrific player. Um, and and it's a nice one-two punch, certainly with Gibson. And I know McKissick is mixed in. They've kind of got a good thing going there. It works perfectly with Alex Smith, who really, that's the kind of passes he, he's always thrown and likes to throw and will continue to, continue to throw. So they, they're using those two running backs um, in, 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 a, in a really strong way. And, uh, yeah, you've got to love what you've seen out of Gibson so far. So, yeah, between Gibson as a rookie and McLaurin as a second-year player, there's a lot to build there. Um, and Chase Young on the defensive side, there's a lot to build there with that Washington football team, certainly. And, and you know, the Dallas in this particular game, you know, the only guy that showed up, a guy that you thought would show up in this game, was was Amari Cooper. Other than that, there was there was nothing to be said on offense for this team. I just think there's a lot more inconsistency. Uh, again, uh, I think Andy Dalton was harassed a little bit in this game. Ezekiel Elliott really couldn't get kick-started. So, you know, Dallas is, Dallas is full of inconsistency. Like, I, I don't know that you can have the confidence when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott. And I Granted, you drafted him as a number one back, but that matchup's going to have to be right. Elliott is just not performing this year. Only one 100-yard game. Yeah, I mean, this, this is going to be an interesting game because, you know, in watching the Ravens play uh, on Wednesday night, so uh, they'll be playing on Tuesday, so they'll have six, you know, six, five days, I guess, of rest and, and be playing on Tuesday. And But, you know, Marcus Peters was hurt, and, um, and, and Jimmy Smith got hurt as well. So I'm just wondering, you know, Dallas – can attack down the field in the passing game and throw the ball down the field a little more than what Pittsburgh did. I'm just wondering if they could, uh, you know, maybe maybe look to attack that defense and uh, and see if they make the Ravens have to score some points. A team that, in their own right, uh, seems to be struggling. No, I'm, I'm going to take a break from talking about the Eagles because I just think the, you know, I think you talked about this. The odds on the Eagles were, were just wrong. The fact that this team is, this team's not winning this division. This team's not making the playoffs. The offensive line is a disaster and, you know, they're just not playing well. And, you know, outside of Dallas Goddard at this point in time, I don't think there's any Eagle player that you can feel uh, actually any confidence in playing. Uh, do, do you agree with that? I agree, and I just think in some way you're going to see Jalen Hurts out there in some form. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I think there's like a you know there's kind of like a lot of pressure now to get that player out there and um, and and see and see what he could do. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think all of those Eagle players, including Miles Sanders and Fulgham, who was doing some good stuff early in the year. Offside Jeffrey can't even really move on the field anymore. Rager, 
in that offense, just not doing anything. And, yeah, I mean, Dallas Goddard walked in the middle of the field. I don't know if Zach Ertz returns for the game, but not much confidence starting any of the skill players on the Eagles. All right, I'm going to I'm going to shift gears. I'm going to go out west here. I'm going to I'm going to go to the 49ers and uh you know, we've kind of kind of been on this team a little bit. They've 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 had a lot of injuries, probably more than anybody else, uh you know, I think when when he was healthy, uh Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't playing particularly well, but you know, getting Raheem Mostert and Debo Samuel certainly looked like a very different football team even though they didn't have Brandon Ayuk, but I don't know. I, I get the feeling that San Francisco wants to make a run, and the playoffs are wide open in the NFC still. Um, are, are we at the point where it's still very possible that we can get four playoff teams out of the NFC West? I think, you know, like I said, Debo looked fantastic, and I think you get Ayuk back on the field. And I think, you know what? This team could be ready to cause some damage here at the uh, as, we, as we finish out the season. Yeah, I mean... When you look at the talent that their team has, when they have everybody in their lineup, you know, are you getting this chance to play and now fits in a beautiful role with Debo Samuel back and kill when he's on the field? And then, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Raheem Mostert. Uh, and then, they, you know, some other backs and McKinnon and Wilson really runs hard. Um, and they still haven't had Kevin Coleman yet. They have a lot of talent on that offense. Now, with what they have to work with now, you know, not having Kittle is, is, is a tremendous loss. But they're battling. They're hanging in there. Uh, I'm not convinced of the quarterback play to be able to win big games down the stretch. But um, the game was kind of like, I don't know, 50% the 49ers won it and 50% Jared Goff gave them the game. It was one of those... Jared Goff, bad games that he's known for, and uh, yeah, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little dubious of the Rams um, going forward, and uh, and uh, yeah, the 49 is getting those guys back, Debo Samuel's. He he means business when he's out on that field. He is running hard. He's looking. He's like reminds me of Heinz Ward. I mean, he's not looking to get out of bounds. He's looking to inflict damage on the defender. So I love that about that player. And um, yeah, the Niners got to give him credit. They're hanging in there. I just don't know if they're going to get the quarterback play when they need it. And you talk about the Rams, you know, the Rams, you know, we talked about this offense, you know, you go back a couple of years ago, you remember that crazy game they had against the Chiefs putting up 50 points, but this team has only scored over 30 points one time. There is a lot of offensive talent. When you look at Robert Woods, you look at the tight ends, you look at Cooper Cup, uh, Josh Reynolds, Van Jefferson, uh, you know, three interesting running backs. Yeah, I know it's not a great offensive line. I just think this team is most effective when they when they throw it quickly, when they when moving J- Jared Goff around the pocket. But the fact of the matter is, this team's firepower is just not there. I, I don't know if Sean McVay has lost confidence. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, we don't know who's going to be playing running back on a week-to-week basis, though it feels like the momentum can be shifting here in Cam Akers' uh, direction. Uh, but, yeah, just this, this offense is a frustrating offense to, to really look at on a week-in and week-out basis. The Rams are one of these teams. They are a different team when they're winning than when they're losing. When they're winning and they can be kind of unpredictable, like, um, 
you know, um, they, they, they shown in some games, uh, where they played a terrific game, uh, against, against Tampa Bay, where they got on top of them and they were throwing the ball all over the place, the woods and cup and mixing in some runs. And, you know, they're, they're, they kept the defense on their heels. They're terrific. When they become one-dimensional, and you know Jared Goff has to throw the ball, it it doesn't turn out well. It does not turn out good. So, man, you got to look at the Rams score like after the first quarter and the second quarter to kind of see how the game's going, and then you kind of know like if the Rams are behind, they're gonna <clears throat> they're gonna have a tough time coming back. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. They're, they are they just. I mean, they did it one game this year where they did it against the Bills where they came back. That's about the only game that I've actually really seen that. And I, I think they should kind of go watch that game tape and, and see what they did there because I'd like to see that offense a little bit more frequently, picking up the pace, moving the quarterback around a little bit more. Um, let's talk about let's talk about um, uh, uh, Murray, um, who it was very clear on this past Sunday that they told him – do not run the football. Um, he was a one-dimensional quarterback, and a lot of teams have leaned on Murray to, you know, to to really get to this point. If they've had a successful season, likely Murray's been a big part of it. But I think he played that game hurt. I think there's an impact on what happened. He just was not able to do anything. Should we be concerned here? You know, if you you're a, if you're if you're a Murray owner and he got you to this point. You know, given the fact that he was kind of not running the football, do you have to be a little bit concerned about him his usage going into these next couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, you have to be concerned about him from a fantasy perspective and Arizona from a playoff perspective. I mean, they're just a different team if he's going back there and kind of like handing it off to Drake. We're just throwing the ball from the pocket. I mean, that fourth down play before half, I think they were up, you know, 10 to 7 and a chance to make it 17-7 and then they could never get the momentum back and the Patriots were in the game and the game and the game and they finally beat him at the end and uh yeah, it looked like they're kind of protecting him and uh if he's hurt, maybe he shouldn't play, but if he's out on the field, they got to utilize his biggest uh weapon, which is his legs. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be watching that very, very closely. Uh, you know, uh, my partner and I, Connor, we, we, we've owned him to this point in time. He's won a lot of games for us, but le- last week was a big letdown. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. It's a big divisional game, Arizona and the Rams squaring off. Um, another quarterback that's kind of carried teams for at least the first nine games of the season, and that was, that was uh, Russell Wilson. And it's interesting, uh, over the last three or four games, Russell Wilson and, and Seattle Seahawks have only thrown the ball 56% of the time. So is the Russ cooking era over? I know there was some news this week. They're going to get Josh Gordon back. He probably will return on week 16. But, you know, Murray, uh, Wilson was as consistent a guy as you can get a quarterback. And the last few weeks have been a little bit more concerning as they've started to run the ball and balance out this offense a little bit more. Yeah, I think they wanted them to do a couple of things. One is kind of protect Wilson. Two was kind of give their defense a little bit of a break. Uh, and they're doing both of those things now. A little bit of a surprise to see how much more Carlos Hyde played than Carson in that game. And I don't know if it was, you know, Carson's first game back. And, you know, he, he played terrific when he was on the field. He had that tremendous touchdown run. And now Carlos Hyde is 
questionable, maybe even on the wrong side of questionable. So I'm assuming that we're going to see a lot more of Chris Carson this week. But I've said it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Seattle needs that toughness of Chris Carson, getting those tough yards, moving the chains, getting those thirds and ones and twos, and not having to have Russell Wilson stand back there and throw it a million times a game. It's not really what they want to do. They're much better off when Wilson's going off play action and he's extending plays and keeping the ball, his eyes downfield. And, um, yeah, it's a little surprise. Tyler Lockett had a quiet game, but I'm not sure that's going to continue that much longer. But, yeah, they, they, they need Chris Carson in there, and they're a much more physical and tough team when he's in the game. You might, blame, uh, you might want to blame Jim Schwartz about the uh, Tyler Lockett role in this past game. I don't know if you heard about the story where I think it was mistaken, mistaken actually, what he said. But I think there were some comparisons being made about D.K. Metcalf and Calvin Johnson, who played for uh, Jim Schwartz when he was coaching the, <laughs> coaching the Lions. And I think something to the effect that well, Metcalf's a great player. He's not quite the, the caliber of a Calvin Johnson, which is a very fair statement. But apparently it was construed a different way, and a little bit of a fire was lit under DK Metcalf uh, to the tune of 10 catches and 177 yards in that, uh, in that ball game the other day. Yeah, or maybe you want to switch up and, like, you know, don't put Darius Slay all over the field on DK Metcalf and expect him to not do anything. I mean, you know, at some point, maybe you want to give the guy a little bit of help. I mean, he really could have had at least one touchdown, if not two. I mean, he had a little slant in the end zone that um, was shocking that he didn't catch and uh, another deep one that he could have caught. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just uh, – one of one of those games, but uh, you know, getting back to the running game, Seattle really wants to do that. So uh, having Chris Carson back is important for them. All right, so two turkeys coming out of Thanksgiving week. The Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears uh, get to play one another. So maybe one of those teams can come up. Teams can come up with a victory this week. Uh, I tell you, it, it is amazing what Allen Robinson is able to do on such a putrid offense. I could just imagine what he would do on on any offense that actually had uh, some ability at the quarterback position. But anyway, Robinson is about the only player uh, that you you could feel comfortable with. Although I thought David Montgomery played very well in. In, in last week's game. The Lions are just a complete mess. They fired Matt Patricia. It looks like if Swift plays this week, he's not going to have a huge role. So you probably see a mix of the three guys, if anything. So that's the situation you want to stay from. There's nothing good happening with the Detroit Lions. Kenny Galladay is not going to play again. It's just one big fat mess. Two teams going in a bad direction, uh, squaring off against one another. Um, I don't know. What are, your, what are your thoughts on either one of these teams right now, Wiz? Not much. I mean, you know, Swift, I don't even know what they're doing here with DeAndre Swift, where he feels like he hasn't fully recovered from the concussion, and they're going to give him, like, a certain amount of plays. That makes no sense. You have a talented rookie, and he hasn't fully recovered from a concussion, and you're going to have a small package of plays. Put the guy in, in his in his street clothes and let him sit out the game. What's the what's the rush getting him out there if he's if he's not 100 percent back and uh, all of that? But this is the stupidity that you can expect from the Lions. I don't understand. I mean, you know. Kenny Galladay, people have been on the IR three times consecutive this season and have come back quicker than Kenny Galladay. So if he's not ready to play football and he's done, even the say he's out for the year. Well, what are they doing here? They haven't even put him on the three-game injury reserve. Um, 
they're they're just a stupid team. Matt Stafford is playing through you know ligaments, twelve ligaments in his in his thumb. Um, you know, I just think Chicago at home after getting humiliated at Green Bay, if, unless they all quit on on Nagy, which could be the case. I, I really expect Chicago to play a pretty good game and dominate the game, but they could have quit on the coach after what he said about the team giving up and not playing hard, so that may be a lost cause. So you, may see, you may see one of the worst football games in the history of the NFL on, on Sunday between these two teams, but uh, Chicago at least you know, seems off that loss they're somewhat in a playoff race. So I'd be surprised if they didn't play a good game, but I also wouldn't be shocked to see terrible football in that game. Well, let me ask you this question. Here's a player that was drafted in the top 10, I believe, if not mistaken, and uh, an interesting signing this week by the Green Bay Packers. In We talked about them not having a slot presence. Not that Tavon Austin has done anything so remarkable in the NFL in the last three or four years, but Tavon Austin is now a member of the Green Bay Packers. Could he add another dimension to this offense, Wiz? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what his kick-returning skills are anymore, his punt-returning skills. That was really, you know, what he was strong at and being a slot receiver a little bit as well. So I don't know if they may sprinkle him in there, but – you know, it's difficult to come off the streets and uh, and contribute right away in, in that kind of system, I think. Gotcha. And I think, you know, the one the one thing, no Adam Thielen this past week for, for Minnesota, but Kirk Cousins has thrown up multiple touchdowns, I think, four or five weeks in a row. Uh, we talked about Rudolph getting an opportunity in this game with Norv Smith. He had a big ball game. We know what Justin Jefferson is doing as a rookie. I think the one thing to watch this particular week game is, 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 is the usage of Dalvin Cook. You know, again, a lot of teams have leaned on Dalvin Cook. He got nicked up a bit in this game. I think we could see a little bit more of Alexander Madison in this particular game. I wouldn't be surprised, especially if Minnesota got off to a lead at home against the Jags. But, again, I have no faith in the Vikings, no trust in them. You know, I predicted you know, that they would play a clunker at home against the Falcons, and they did. I predicted the Cowboys would beat them as a seven-and-a-half, eight-point underdog, and they did. Now, I don't know. I mean, they have the momentum, and they may play a very strong defensive game against McLennan and sack him and get after the quarterback, you know, and win the game. But I, I have no faith in them. But, uh, yeah, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a lot of Alexander Madison, especially if the Vikings got off to like a double-digit lead. All right, and uh, one game we're going to be looking at in the division, and I, I'm curious your take on the game. I'm curious your take on what's been going on um, since he's taken over at quarterback. So we have the New Orleans Saints playing against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, in, in the first game that uh, Taysom Hill started at quarterback, he had a pretty decent game against, uh, against, against the Atlanta Falcons. Mike Thomas had a big game. But one guy that's definitely suffered since Taysom Hill's become the quarterback here is Alvin Kamara, and Kamara is a little nicked up coming into this week. We know the Falcons are, are a little bit of a hot football team since Dan Quinn's been fired. There's definitely been uh, a, a renewed um, energy at the, in the Atlanta Falcons team. So how do you see this game going? Uh, we know Koo has been kicking the snot out of the ball for the for the Falcons. He's been there. He's been their MVP from a fantasy perspective the last few weeks. You know, how do you see this game going? And more importantly, I'm curious your take on the, on Kamara's usage and what's been going on there. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's vulturing a lot of touchdowns for Kamara. He's just taking it himself and uh, been kind of using Kamara as a decoy. And look, the connection's just not the same, right? You know, Breeze has got that comfort level. Kamara throwing it to him, and he seems to know where Kamara is on every single play. And then when the play isn't down the field, what he wants, he just dumps it off to Kamara and. Taysom Hill just doesn't have that skill set yet as a quarterback. He doesn't have that comfort level. He doesn't have that the, the reps with Kamara. He doesn't have the experience and the years of playing with him that Drew Brees does. So, you know, it's going to be difficult. And, um, <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, I think it, he's still going to take a hit. I wouldn't be surprised if they really tried. And by the way, also, Latavius Murray's been playing well. That's another thing, you know, he's been kind of taking away some of the carries, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Saints try and get Kamara involved much more in the game, especially early. And just one thing I want to talk about the defense is the Saints defense has been great, and they destroyed in the second half especially. Um Especially it was a game when uh, Julio Jones had to leave the game and their defense killed the Falcons. But uh, Marcus Davenport's going to miss the game with a concussion. And Janoris Jenkins with a knee injury is out as well. So a couple of key injuries for the Saints defense. I'm just wondering, looks like Julio is trending towards playing. I'm wondering if the Falcons aren't going to be able to move the ball a little bit more against them than they did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I'd be... Uh, if I'm the New Orleans Saints coming into this game, I, I would definitely be concerned on how this game could potentially go. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's a, what is it, like a three-point spread, I think, at this point in time. Falcons are probably getting three points. I think the last yeah. I, last I saw. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting one. You know, the Falcons have been a team, like I said, the last few weeks, you don't really want to play them. They've, they've actually played very solid football. Um, so let's see what happens in this one at home. Um, against the Saints, uh, and I don't know. Can you trust Julio? Come, I, I don't. I just, you know, you know my feeling on Julio Jones. I just cannot trust the play, even though he's coming back from an injury, uh, and and they say he looks good in practice. I don't know. Is this a game where you'd be willing to roll the dice and put him out there, or or or, or, or are you taking your chances because that injury could flare up again? Yeah, I think I'm gonna, I think I got to play him. Uh, combined, you know, with him being so good. And Jenkins being out, and the Saints missing some players on the defense, and I think you got to kind of play the play them, uh, considering that even if he plays a half or fifty or sixty percent of the plays, he could put up such damage. So if I'm starting him, if I have him, I'm doing whatever the Falcons are doing. If they're starting him, I'm going to start him and uh, and hope for the best. But like we've talked about with Julio, it's always difficult. Absolutely. And uh, the two teams that have off this week, very unusual to get a week 13 uh, bye week, but the but the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're probably getting a much-deserved bye week uh, because uh, I think they have a lot of things to work on. Just a lot of curious commentary coming from the coach. And I, I don't know, like there was a lot of confidence in this team early on. They're, they're definitely heading in the wrong direction. Granted, they, they played a difficult opponent the, the other night in, in the Chiefs, but... Nonetheless, 
I think they've got a lot of things to figure out. Chemistry has definitely been an issue for this team. And, and, and the Carolina Panthers, who lost that tough game against the, the Vikings this past week, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt at the end of that game. Still no McCaffrey. So both of these teams probably could use the, the, the week off this week. It's been a long season thus far. They both get that. Um, you know, I'll be curious to know if there's anything special that you think will come out of, of either these, these two teams coming out of the bye week. Is this... Is this the move towards Ronald Jones? Because I've seen some comments about Ronald Jones' usage as well. You know, are we seeing a turning of the tide as far as running back usage there? Just any thoughts that you have on, on these two teams, Wiz? And one thing is, um, man, if, you're, if you've made the fantasy football playoffs, um, you know, you, you're able to get there, and then you have Christian McCaffrey. That could be like a bonanza, a real bonanza, having him for the fantasy football playoffs. If he if he comes back, I'm a little concerned about the DJ Moore thing. That looks like there could be a multi-week injury. Not sure, but those are some key players. And yeah, I mean, I think you know Tampa Bay having the bye week will will help. And yeah, I think you know they they probably want to get. Ronald Jones the ball, but they're not going to kind of change what they do. They have Godwin, they have Evans, they have Antonio Brown. They're still going to throw the ball a lot, um, but I think um, I think their defense has kind of let them down the last couple of weeks. So um, you know, I know they did play the Chiefs, but they didn't play a good game against the Rams as well. So uh, <clears throat> I think they, their defense was strong early in the year. And uh, they kind of, kind of hit on 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 all cylinders to kind of like get back into the conversation to come out of the NFC. Yeah, I'll say this: uh, if you see, you know, I think this player is already sitting on too many waiver wires, depending on the depth of your rosters and depending on what happens to DJ Moore. But if you see people make a mistake and drop a guy like Curtis Samuel this week, you make sure you pounce on them if you can, because Curtis Samuel will become a big part of what this team... They, he's already been doing that, but if DJ Moore's out for an extended period of time, you're going to see Curtis Samuel become an even bigger part of this offense. Yeah, Curtis Samuel's been... been uh, Curtis Samuel has, has been playing well. They've been utilizing him much more, not just as a gimmick player, but actually down the field in the passing game. And uh, yeah, he, he, he's delivered for fantasy football owners. All right, great. So uh, that's, that's, that's all I have to put in about the uh, NFC. Do you have anything further to add? Well, that's a wrap. All right, good stuff. So Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. So we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, tomorrow we'll be bringing to you uh, the gambling aspect, the prop player, prop, prop plays, uh, gambling lines, love them and leave them. Uh, we look forward to doing that tomorrow. Uh, Wiz, I'll wish you a good Friday evening. And uh, yeah, tomorrow we start to get involved because we had no week 13 Thursday night game. I love no Thursday night. And we'll get ready for a full slate of games on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Enjoy your night, Wiz. You got it. You do the same.